to Not the Mama, the podcast. I'm your host, Auntie Julia. Julia, you can call me. Um, and today we have a very special repeat guest, back by popular demand. Super pumped to be here. Mm-hmm. Lane Pichelle. What's going on? Welcome. Welcome <clears throat> back to the pod. Welcome to the newly revamped pod. Thank you for having me in your office. Why don't you tell the listeners how you feel about our new intro sounds? Um, I, I mean, I like it, but it's, it's you know, mildly confusing. <laughs> Why is it confusing? It's like electro. We're going It's out. called electro love. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's just very, it's, it's pumping, you know. Pump you it's up. supposed to pump you up. I know. Hopefully, it. Hopefully, today's recording is a positive <laughs> recording. <laughs> Lane is here with us because we have a very exciting episode. You'll remember that Lane is my special man friend, boyfriend, boyfriend, partner, lover, roommate, <laughs> roommate, <laughs> cat daddy. Owner. Who keeps trying to steal one of the cats. Yeah. He only, he, this is another reason why we could never have children because Lane is pro favoring, favoring. Oh yeah. Dependence. I, I mean, yeah, I I feel like it's bullshit whenever people say they don't have a favorite. You always have favorites in everything. So (laughs) I know you can't tell kids, Hey, this one's my favorite. This one's not. That would fuck them up. But It's also bad to lie to your kids. But people, it's, I think that's not true because people have (laughs) friends that they don't necessarily have a favorite friend. In your heart, you always have a favorite. Oh my God. I have a favorite cat is the point. I want to take uh, the girl cat with me, leave the boy cat Well, you're not going anywhere and (laughs) you're not, you're absolutely not taking either one of them away from me. Yeah. Um, but just to get... How was that for an intro? Was that pretty good? (laughs) Just to give all the new listeners who have tuned in, because we have such exceptional sound now, um, give them a recap of if you want to have children or not. Uh, (laughs) big hardcore no. Um... Never did. Never did. Never do. Um, uh, Kids are fine. I don't know. Kids kind of creep me out, but kids are fine. Well, this weekend, Lane and I, it was St. Patrick's Day, we decided to, we were meeting our other friends for drinks and food, and we decided to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge, which is always hazardous on a weekend. But anyway, we were walking to the bridge. and chaos. (laughs) And we passed this family, and this little kid saw a Starbucks, which he obviously wanted to get Starbucks. So he asked his dad, hey, dad, want to get Starbucks? Wait, wait, wait. You you be the kid. I'll be the dad. (laughs) Hey, dad, want to get Starbucks? No. (laughs) Lane has not been happier in months. It was was great. It was like a pure... The kid was just shot down. (laughs) It was just very funny. Yeah, it was Um, funny. I... Uh, don't have a problem with kids. I just don't want kids, and uh, more specifically, babies make me uneasy. So that always that just sealed the deal. Um, to people who want to know my stance, I never really liked it. And so the idea of having one for my own was like, I don't, I don't want one. And you have an extremely <clears throat> evil feminist woman who's warped your brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is uh, a recorded 
solidification of Lane has not been manipulated into any life choices by Julia. <laughs> um, saying it like that makes it sound like uh, the opposite is true. <laughs> Whatever. Um, People can believe whatever they want to believe about how Lane makes his choices. Now, um, we are very pro our individual lifestyles on this podcast and in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so Lane is here today actually for more of a better purpose, more of an exciting, fun, silly episode, we hope, um, yeah. that we kind of just thought would be fun to do. Oh, we... Yeah. In my pop culture series on examining, 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 I just said it twice examining. in a row, examining pop culture, child free, the choice to not have kids, references. Today we're going to talk about dun, 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 Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you might hate Seinfeld. I personally really like it, but I'm not obsessed like Lane is. Yeah, I could talk about it all day, every day. It's the best thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I just watch it nonstop. I mean, definitely there are some dated references in it, but it doesn't get old. Yeah, I mean, there's some episodes that you could not get away with now, and definitely like subject matter and like what's taboo or like not acceptable culturally changes. So there's definitely like, there's like, I don't know, 10 episodes or 15 episodes that you probably couldn't do but and shouldn't do yeah 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 but um but it is it's just fun i I just like it and i actually think that it probably stands up pretty well too just because it is just about nothing and yeah it's just just a regular day in life and how people freak out about stuff and how you obsess about things that don't really matter Mm -hmm. but then at the same time even with some of the dated references there are some pretty progressive episodes and content that i think still hold true today and actually are probably why it's still fun to watch a little bit because it's just not that dated yeah um i mean i don't know i uh, yeah i don't know I think it's just fun. It's still funny. It's still good. Yeah, it's still fun and funny and good or whatever. But I also think that it is, you know, there are some, like, I used to really like Everybody Loves Raymond or Mm -hmm. Everyone Loves Raymond or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now watching it, it's like, what? Like, how is this? How is this modern day? How is this in the last 20 years? No, I mean, it's like a... I feel like family sitcoms age quicker because it's like yeah. they're more like traditional values or whatever. And if yeah. you're like... And like, preserving like that, the home culture. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, Deborah, my dumb wife is mad at me again. Or like, I make the money. She cooks. all Like the mom is imposing. It's just like a very traditional family. Yeah. Middle, like middle class, like suburbs, whatever. Yeah. But... Seinfeld, Seinfeld so always, it just, like, made me want to live in the city when I was a kid, and, like, it was just funny, and just, you know, people were being idiots or bad or whatever, but it was all just fun. Do you have memories of watching it as a kid? <clears throat> yeah, we watched it every Thursday. It would come on. We would watch, it would come on after Home Improvement, another show that is insanely dated. Um, Seinfeld came on after Home Improvement? That's what I remember on Thursdays. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, because Home Improvement, I think I always put it in the category of TGIF, but it wasn't, like, a mm. kid's show. Yeah, it might have moved around. Talk about a dated the, show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, yeah, so... Yeah, it was TG, or it was that Thursday lineup, because I think Friends was on, too. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. Um, yeah, what I was trying to remember, I definitely remember some episodes, things going over my head. Like, we watched the contest episode. I remember, like, watching it with my mom and my brother when we were kids, and I just did, I had no clue. They were talking about jacking off or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and I also asked my mom to explain it, and she wouldn't... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you were pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, no, there are some episodes with things that kids just won't get. But then you're, you know, an adult and it's like, oh, yeah. this is great. This is all I definitely remember watching it with my family too, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird to think about it now because there were so many shows that I wasn't allowed to watch. But yet we yeah. watched Friends and Seinfeld all together as a yeah. family. Yeah. Maybe probably because it did come on after Home Improvement or whatever. Yeah. Or because my parents liked it and so they didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, whatever goes into what parents think are bad shows for their kids is always kind of mystifying to me. Because, like, we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons. And to me as an adult, The Simpsons is, like, a very innocuous, like, absurd cartoon. Um, But maybe because it made fun of religion? I don't even know what it was. Yeah, I have no idea what the... Again, it's, like, it's it's baffling. Because there's always shows that parents tell their kids, like, oh, you can't watch this or this or this or whatever. But then you're an adult and you're like, why? What was the rationale yeah. for that? Or why could I watch this or what? You know? Yeah. I okay. I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek. And well, that, that sucks. I mean, it makes sense now. That one actually That makes sense. Make sense. It's like, okay, what do I, do I want my teenager to be having watching sex people with a teacher? having sex? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was like the show to watch. So I would have to sneak it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would be like, what are you watching? And I would just be like, I'm not watching anything. You're obviously watching something. I would only get, I would get like, I would try to get at least 10 minutes so that when I went to school, I could at least fake that I had kind of watched it. That's what I would do with books. Reading. <laughs> yeah, First yeah, 10 pages of a book. I Lane's ever read a full book cover to cover. It, it's astonishing. <laughs> he's how an English lit major. I have a degree. From a really good school. <laughs> I have a degree. <laughs> I haven't read a book in like five years. <laughs> uh, no, it is, it is funny thinking about what parents don't have the focus anymore. do let their kids watch because when I well um my sister and brother-in-law aren't letting my niece watch any tv which I think makes a lot of sense because babies just kind of absorb it all and they just get sucked yeah. in yeah um but it's gotta be crazy for kids now with this because they got like yeah. screens in front of them toys have screens yeah I mean yeah. she's got like a smartphone toy it's just, just a yeah. block of plastic but yeah. You know, as soon, I mean, even FaceTiming us, she's just so taken with the screen. Mm-hmm. And, um, but so <laughs> we were hanging out when I was there visiting and my niece has red hair and she does this really cute. She can't really, obviously she's like not even one and a half, but she can't really speak. And so she does this really cute, like tongue thing. You know, that thing that she does on FaceTime where she goes, and she's got the inflections of. A person having a conversation. It's just so cute and funny. Mm. And if you do it to her, she'll do it back to you. So I was kind of, I was having a conversation with her in her language. And then it just reminded me of the Swedish chef from the Muppets. And, oh, yeah. And so I told Nim that Freya should be the Swedish chef for Halloween. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, but Nim, she doesn't like that stuff. She just likes nice things. And she couldn't even remember who the Swedish chef was. So I had to look it up. I looked up a clip and I picked one that seemed cute because it was these pumpkin Muppets and mm. the Swedish chef was preparing them for Halloween or whatever. Cooking, and like, like cooking them? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I was 
was playing it for Freya, and the chef is taking out, like, um, axes, and the pumpkins are talking about how they're going to get out of being chopped up alive. <laughs> and then Mim was like, Freya was, like, just focused in on it, and Mim was like, I don't think she should be watching this. And it was, I was like, yeah, probably not. That could scare kids. Yeah, <laughs> chopping up a talking pumpkin. <laughs> Not that I, I, you know, I think the pumpkins outsmart the I genuinely don't know what you should be showing a kid or which, because if you ask, if I was alone with a child and that video was playing, I might not stop it. I might just be like, ah, it's fun. Well, you also just don't know what kids are going to get afraid of because like I watched E.T. when I was a kid and I was terrified for years of aliens, still am to this day. That, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And specifically, I was afraid of E.T. I'm not anymore. I've progressed. (laughs) But it was really traumatizing for me. Yeah. I was hanging out with my friend's kids once, and we were watching animal videos on YouTube. And you know how YouTube videos just continuously play? So we were watching these videos, and the kids were just having such a cute time, and we were looking at bunnies and, like, little things. Then all of a sudden, this video comes on of a chameleon, and it seems like a normal chameleon But then when a chameleon shoots its tongue out, its eyes look like they bug out a little Mm. bit. And whoever made this video had uploaded this crazy sound to it and animation. Yeah, it screams. (laughs) And so it's kids kids are like so scared. So I had to tell Jenny, I'm like, if I've created a phobia in either of them, I'm so sorry. But this is just like another reason why we don't have to worry about this kind of I mean it's just like without kids problem solved yeah it never even for me it got to a point where I had to think about the pros and cons of it I just don't want kids so it's like I know that but I know that but it's good to it's good to put it out there what the pros are because a lot of people think we're nuts no but I mean I I don't know I'm just (laughs) if you ask me in my case it it was it was not even like I had any thought about it Open and shut. Open and shut. <laughs> don't, don't ask Lane any questions about it. Um, no, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm glad to think about it and talk about it, but I'm just saying that's how I arrived at it. I know. You're so you're so self-confident. <laughs> I mean, All right, let's, get, let's talk about the TV show at hand that we were allowed to watch as children and still watch to this day, Seinfeld. Mm. So... Just a forewarning, we haven't super prepared. <laughs> yes. No, we have, but I'm trying out, you know, hang in there, listeners. I'm growing, I'm learning, and creating is sometimes hard and challenging. But no, I'm producing on my own, too. So this is kind of an episode to figure all that out, too. She's so. got a dual set up with a... The computer and the <laughs> yeah. recorder. I've got a lot. I've got a lot going on, but we have real mics now, so it's very professional and stands and mm-hmm. multiple tracks. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna try to play some clips from Seinfeld. So just bear with us as we get those set up. But I think the first one that we wanted to start with is from the episode where Elaine actually talks about not wanting kids explicitly. Um, and it's a pretty famous scene, so if you're familiar with the show, then you'll probably be familiar with the scene. So I'm just going to play it right now. But because it comes out of your baby, it smells good. Well, that's 
That's sweet. <laughs> Being a mother has made me feel so beautiful. Elaine, you gotta have a baby. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, I had a piece of whitefish over at Barney Greengrass the other day. Elaine, and I moved to Long Island and have a baby already? I really like the city. The city's a toilet. <laughs> When's the last time you saw my little Adam? Oh, it was in the Hamptons. Ah, I have pictures. Oh, oh. no, no, that's okay. It's a... Look at him. Just look at him. <laughs> but because it... So, um, for those of you who may not you recall, You Gotta Have a Baby, have a baby. is a follow-up to You Gotta See the Baby, and the baby was really ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's Little episode. Adam. You Gotta See the Baby. But, so this is an episode from, um, I forget which season it is. It's like a later one. I think it's like seven or eight. Yeah. Um, and Elaine is with Jerry, and... Maybe George. Probably just Jerry. Oh, though. you're talking about you gotta see the baby? You gotta have a baby. No, this the, one that we just saw. Yeah, the, oh, this episode. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Okay. The episode that I played. So, they're... <laughs> don't clear me. They're at a newsstand, and they're talking, and I forget how it gets brought up, but um, Jerry says to Lane kind of incredulously, wait, so you don't want to have kids? And she was like, no, I don't want to have kids at all. Why would I want to have kids? And he says something about, you know, carrying on your lineage or whatever. Jerry's response is actually, I mean, he's always he's, like he's the very, most He's very like dismissive and just yeah. like, yeah, it's part of it. You're going to, you're going to want him. Yeah. You're, um, you're just going to want a baby. And then she gets more and more adamant as Elaine's character often does. And a man overhears her and he's like, you know, I love that. I don't want to have a baby either. So then she starts dating this guy. And I think she ends up in the scene with these women because she always, like, runs to her girlfriends when she gets irritated by Jerry. Yeah, her girlfriends are funny because she seemingly hates her girlfriends. She's, like, high-strung with all of her relationships, which is funny because then she always gets into little, like, fights with people. Um, But, yeah, she'll, like, her girlfriend she's seemingly annoyed with. Um, well, it's like all the characters except for Kramer hate their outside friends or relationships. Yeah. <laughs> like Kramer has all of these different friends and buddies yeah, who he's who you often don't even, scheming with. And you don't ever see them half the time, like Bob Sacamano or whatever. <laughs> <or> like. <laughs> and, and George just pretty much has terrible relationships with everybody. And Jerry, like, Banya is kind of, like, you don't really see him with a lot of other uh, characters outside of his mom, or certainly not other comedians, but the ones that you do see him with, yeah. you just can't stand. Yeah, I think Jerry, there's some quote where in some episode where he's like, I've already got three friends, I don't have room for any more. Yeah. <laughs> and Elaine always has this, like... She seems like she has, like, a rich of- social life, but, and, like, work life. She has, like, the most rich life out of everyone but she's just annoyed by everyone right and she finds comfort in these losers and then it's funny because after george's character gets engaged she starts to have these like life crises where she's realizing that she's become george (laughs) she's sort of more full-blown into her it's funny that well they all have some kind of a stance on it i guess jerry doesn't but George picks out baby names. So George has George at least intends to have kids if he's already thought about baby names. Kramer intentionally knocks someone up to have a kid at one point. 
and Elaine desperately doesn't want kids. Wait, so then what happens with that kid? That's weird because they never even they never talk about it ever again after that. Because he I feel like that's the episode. Do that yeah, yeah. That's the episode where he he's like worried about having a low sperm count, so he's oh, switching. Yes. So then he's just like not wearing anything. I'm, yeah. out, I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the whole point of it was because he wanted to carry on the Kramer name. Yeah. And then he, like the end of the episode is he, like Jerry is on the street and he just, he's yelling out the window, Irene's late, Jerry, she's late. <laughs> and it just, it just cuts. <laughs> it's like, it's implied that he is a father. Well, or, or maybe, maybe or there's something happens. Yeah. Least. But they never touch on it again. But I mean, yeah. the show would be so different if any of them actually had kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be... That's the thing with, like, kids in shows or whatever is they the, tends to be the focus. Yeah. It's, like, about the kid or the raising of the kid or, like, how hard it is to raise the kid or whatever. Well, and in Seinfeld, it's just always that kids are a problem. <laughs> I would say it's probably yeah, one they of kinda, the most child-free shows. They pro- Yeah, it kind of is because it's, like, the ug- there's, like, ugly kids, ugly babies. There's, like, the... <laughs> the bar mitzvah kid who tries to make out with Elaine. There's like, um, George, like George dates a woman who has a kid one time. So he's all, he's like vaguely a stepfather, but then he, he's just like stressing out cause the kids eating equal packets under the table, <laughs> like kicking him on the shin and running away. Yeah. They all just like, don't seem like they, despite what they say, none of them seem like they're really super into it in actuality. Elaine well, is I adamantly mean, anti. Yeah, because, I mean, Elaine is one of the best feminist characters of all time. No yeah. real credit to Seinfeld or Larry David for that because it's Carol Liefer who yeah. was the brains behind her. When the show started, they were going to have a woman on who was based off of Carol, sort of, but they didn't hire any women writers yeah. or consultants, so it just was bad. Yeah. So then she came in and changed all that and that's how we got elaine yeah the first season she's not there's no elaine yeah it's, there's like a weird like waitress character in the first episode yeah. who's, it's almost like vaguely cheers-esque like a like kind of a smart ass waitress or something yeah yeah like a what's it to you bub kind yeah. of type or whatever but elaine is the best she is and i think um you know, I mean, it is. Everybody always talks about the ending of the series and how disappointing it was, and it is. I think just because, okay, yes, quote unquote, they're all terrible people, I guess, or whatever. But I don't think they actually. I think the less and less, the older I get. Well, yeah, because we both modeled our lives in much <laughs> the same way. But the fact that you know they end up going, I mean, and you know the the horrible thing that they did, like watching that guy get mugged and videoing it and not doing anything and mocking him was horrible. And it was also just kind of like out of left field. Like I just can't imagine that any of their characters would actually do that except for Jerry and George. I don't think Elaine and Kramer would have done that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that they wrote it because it was all based on like this bystander law and they thought they were like being, with commentary yeah making good social commentary but it just i don't know and it kind of sucks that that's like the outcome too hmm. because it just shows kind of what society thinks about people who choose not to have kids or just don't have kids or there's sort of like Hmm. you there's this idea that you have a, a faulty morality 
and that's ultimately what yeah. happened with them. They get thrown in jail. Yeah, yeah. It's just it. I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean, I don't want. Apparently, there was a there was a different um, finale written and it got leaked or something. I don't know what the plot of it was supposed to be. Apparently, there was something they wanted to do and then it was like they had to scramble and just like throw something together last second. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but yeah, there is a there is like a lost episode that they never they got through like half of the table read or whatever. It was an episode where Elaine bought a gun. And like to protect herself in the city or something, and then they got through it like halfway, and they were just like, "We, there's no way this can be funny. We can't make no. this fun." And Elaine wouldn't buy a gun. Yeah, yeah, it's it, weird. That, it's it's like, just like outside of the realm of what I mean. She's so progressive, like to a fault, that yeah, she would never do something like that. Yeah, it. But it is kind of interesting. Like I would love to see or like read that episode script or whatever just to see like what was supposed to happen or what they were going to do with it or whatever yeah but yeah it's weird um but yeah so this episode ends with the guy that elaine is dating realizes that he actually mm-hmm. does want a baby because they talk about it so much that she's convinced him that he wants a baby <laughs> Yeah, and they, they all just start getting vasectomies and getting vasectomies reversed and, like, back and forth. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's sort of, I mean, the most direct. I don't even, you know, and listeners, maybe you can write in if you know otherwise, but I don't know of any other shows where any character outright says, I don't want to have kids and I don't feel bad about it, let alone um, a woman. It's got to be more. Uh, I think the fact that uh, this is the only show I ever watched is probably hindering yeah. my... <laughs> Ability to talk. Uh, you shows. watch The Housewives with me when... Yeah. I watch other... Yeah. I mean... I have control. You know. No, you watch other things, but... This is... I just watch it on repeat a lot. I think I'm just watching it a lot right now, too. So it's making me... Uh, it's skewing my perception also. Skewing it. But yeah, so then there are other episodes, too, that don't talk about just, like, having kids or not having kids, but they're pretty open about where Elaine comes down on birth control, abortion, other feminist issues like that that are rare for television, especially in the 90s. Um, So the second clip I'm going to play is from the episode where Elaine finds out that her favorite uh, form of birth control, the sponge, which I wonder who decided that because... I never even... I've only heard of the sponge through this TV show. I I couldn't even tell you if it's real or not. So it is real. Okay. And it was discontinued. Okay. Um, So maybe that's why they picked it, and it's also the sponge, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, But they have reissued it. So I believe it's... Now? Yeah, I believe you can get a prescription for it now. Okay. Um, but it's not as effective as other forms of birth control. Okay. It's basically like, I think, a high dose of like spermicide or... I don't know. Soaked in a sponge and I just should... toss it in? Well, you know what? Let's play this and then maybe I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're really producing from behind. <laughs> I, got, I got in the office and Julia's like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. No, we knew what we wanted. We're talking. Just, shh, I'm going to play it. Do you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. Run down your case for me again. (laughs) Well, we've gone out several times. We obviously have a good rapport. Um, I own a very profitable electronics distributing firm. I eat well. I exercise. Blood tests, immaculate. Mm -hmm. And if I can speak frankly, I'm actually quite good at it. 
You gonna do something about your sideburns? Yeah, I told you. I'm gonna trim my sideburns. In the bathroom in your apartment? Cleaned it this morning. Uh-huh. The sink, the tub, everything got cleaned? Everything. Uh-huh. It's spotless. All right, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what happens is the sponge gets discontinued. Elaine freaks out because it's her favorite form of birth control. So she scours the West side, every pharmacy that she can go to every drugstore to buy whatever they have left in stock. And she ends up with 60 sponges, two cases. So then she realizes that she's got to be really strategic with who she sleeps with um, so she starts to... It's like a job interview. Yes. Interview the guy that she's dating who she really liked because when she considered using one a previous night, she decided he was not sponge worthy. And then he tries to do it again and she says, no, I can't help you. Yeah. It's just one, one and done. I got to conserve the sponges. George tries to get a sponge and she's just like, I, I can't help you. Yeah. And then Jerry's dating this woman who works for this nonprofit and is like, quote unquote, too perfect. So he wants to break up with her because he doesn't think that she's, I don't know. She's not, uh, what's the word he uses? Um, she's, depraved. Yeah, she's not depraved. She's too you, she, good. You don't want to have sex with someone who's too nice is the point. So he goes over to her apartment to break up with her and she asks him to grab a towel from the shower because something spills and he opens her closet, and it's just full to the brim Chocolate. with boxes and boxes of sponges. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> so then he doesn't break up with her. No, but, but I think it, she dumps him immediately after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he tells her. That he, so, yeah. No, he, oh, because uh, he was coming over to break up with her, and then when he sees that and doesn't want to, she's like, so what do you want to talk to me about? He reveals that he scratches off his waist size on his jeans and puts in something oh, smaller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And she's just like, oh, <laughs> psycho. Um, yeah, I think that it is funny that, um, you know, Jerry's just so, like, his relationships only last for one episode each, which I think would get exhausting, except for the fact that he's more of the butt of the joke of that. Like, no woman will ever be good enough because he's so, like, crazy about everything yeah he's just neurotic and everything yeah like there's always something wrong and where he plays sort of like the normal-ish quote-unquote character that fault comes through every episode because he's always dating someone else yeah and it's always just like the craziest reasons for not wanting to be with them oh yeah um what was i gonna say yeah the sponge worthy yeah that's interesting about the sponge I'm sorry. I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> just interesting about the sponge. <laughs> just learn something. You just learn. Are you going to try to make me use a sponge now? I don't think that's for whoever's listening to this to hear. <laughs> I'm not using the sponge. I don't. I actually don't think that they work that well. So that's why I can't believe that. Maybe they. Uh, Elaine it. would love it so much, but who knows? Whatever. You also have to put it in like. It's a different time. Julia was the nineties. It's also a little sponge is up there. Who knows? Like that's kind of weird. Who knows? Any okay. Anyway, so then um, speaking of Jerry's particularness with women, Elaine has the same affliction, but with men. But usually for more sound reasons, I would say like more bigger picture reasons. Or the guys usually end up being like. Well, she they do dorks. 
Yeah, but then they do make her be superficial sometimes. Yeah. Like she like David Putty, she's just into it because he's right, attractive, yeah. even yeah. though he's a moron and she just can't break <laughs> up with him. Or um there's some other guy. Oh, the mover. Well this one. Which yeah. is yeah, yeah. But this is a real reason. That's yeah, but she doesn't Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna play this up or this clip of Elaine falling in love. I'm in love. Tell him I was sorry I didn't offer him the drink. No, I forgot. The best part is he doesn't play games. You know, there are no games. No games? What is the point of dating without games? How do you know if you're winning or losing? Well, all I know is he doesn't like games and he doesn't play games. You know, he has too much character and integrity. Uh-huh. And what is his stand on abortion? <laughs> What is his stand on abortion? Well, I'm sure he's pro-choice. How do you know? Because he... Well, he's just so good-looking. <laughs> That's what I'm talking well, about. Right. probably ask, because if he's going to be coming over with those Pequino's pizzas, could be trouble. Pequino's was a pizza store that the owner was uh, deli- he donated a lot of money to pro-life Whatever. oh right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should I finish the clip should I play the last What's... it's where I think she meets up with him oh yeah I love that they just go on dates in his moving truck <laughs> yeah like they, he just parks out front do you really he... identify with this it character? is kind of funny because there, there's like moving jokes in there She's like, he's like, oh, I, I'd invite you up, but I don't have any furniture. I hate furniture. <laughs> yes, Lane. I'm a mover, I should say. Yes. I work as if a mover. If anyone needs to be moved, hire Lane. <laughs> can't imagine who this applies to, but. Um, <laughs> All yeah. right, I'll play the, uh, the remaining clip. Go. I missed you. Oh, I missed you. I don't remember the last time. I've been thinking about this friend of mine. What friend? Oh, just this woman. She got impregnated by her troglodytic half-brother and decided to have an abortion. You know, someday we're going to get enough people in the Supreme Court to change that law. What does troglodytic mean? I was about to say it's probably a synonym for, um, I don't know, retarded, something like that. It's in there. It's probably in that vein, maybe. Um, the, yeah, it's uh, probably not very PC anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. but <laughs> is, that's just such a funny character, a pro-life mover yeah. <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> Yeah, so she ends up breaking up with him because 
she does stay true to herself, but there is some yeah. agonizing over it, isn't there? Yeah, no, there is, but she, you are right. No, ultimately, she, Elaine has like some principles that drive how she goes through life, but it is funny because she is ultimately just like into men because they're attractive or whatever. Right. But then there are other things that kind of help her make her decisions. Yeah, she lives a fun life. She just doesn't let. No, she could be like a Sex in the City character, or uh, on other shows or whatever. Like, oh my Elaine god, is like Elaine a, dropped around... into Sex in the City would be. She's like a, a well-rounded character with like a, you know. Yeah, it would be funny though, because I don't. She's not like into. She's not like New York. Like Sex in the City is New York. No, even but... though she does go to high-end yeah. events and things like that, she's yeah. much more like. Yeah. It's. Just funny. Yeah. <laughs> to think it of the be, two worlds colliding. George on Sex in the City is a crossover episode that I'd love to see. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> like Costanza. He, he like, oh, I'm I'm dating Samantha. someone from the Yankees or whatever. <laughs> and it's Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um <sighs> Yeah, I just I like just think it's cool how the show always talked about such sort of hot button issues with such levity and silliness and that it made talking about those things I think a little bit more accessible. I never really thought about those things when I was watching it younger, you know, like it's it is like a very unheavy handed way to talk about abortion. Or the, the abortion. Right, yeah. yeah. To bring that into the show. Yeah. Without having to be like, oh Especially in the it's 90s when it was like... My sad story. Yeah. I feel like people were more insane about it in the 90s. No. they really? It was... No. It's definitely ramped up because the way that it went was 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all throughout time, women were having these traumatic, horrific, illegal back alley abortions and everybody wanted the law to be passed asterisks everybody but most people wanted abortion to become legal because so many problems were having being had by the illegal options and people were having them anyway um so it was like let's just make them safe let's regulate it Mm. let's just get this over and done and also throughout the 70s more people were in favor of finally giving women equal rights which is something that we still do not have because as this movement, as the women's movement, as the progressive movement was gaining power and authority and making these awesome changes, that's when the evangelical conservative movement started to ramp up its quote-unquote family values initiatives. And with the election of Reagan, that's when the everything started getting chipped away. So the 90s was sort of like this weird time where it started to get a little bit more progressive again because people were like the conservative movement had gained so much traction. Um, but it wasn't as dire as it is now because like he references the mover references someday we'll have enough, uh, judges on the Supreme court to overturn that law. And yeah, that someday is imminent. And that's why it's pretty scary. So people, I think it was kind of like a mix. I think, you know, the 90s weren't super, super conservative um, because people were realizing like, oh, we have to kind of speak to this. But the fear wasn't 
as activated as it is now. Hmm. I should also mention I'm Catholic. So I I was a child in the 90s in Catholic churches. So maybe that's why it seems like it was more intense. (laughs) Yeah. now I am. Wait, did we, I don't, we didn't tell the story about your car when we first started dating on the last episode. Oh, it was uh, my mom's car and it had pro-life vanity plates. Yes, and it was also a PT cruiser. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a PT cruiser with Perlock. <laughs> and Lane and I started dating, hilarious. and he had been driving me around in it for like a month before I noticed. Yeah, I was and just waiting till <laughs> I was just like, I know she's going to notice this one of these days. The day that I saw it, I was like, oh, wait, what is going on? And yeah. he was like, it's my mom's, it's my mom's. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We gave the car back. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird to be steeped in it as a youth and then just as an adult, you're like, yeah, I don't really believe in that or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I was always in a pro-choice household, even though my parents are very religious. Um, just because my mom had experiences when she was a kid with friends having illegal abortions and it yeah. being really scary and stuff. So yeah. I always did appreciate that. But it's definitely not like a safe thing that you could talk about back then. And I don't think I thought about it too much because I think like growing up, I think I, and I think this is like an 80s mentality. It was like, what? We just fought for that. Like, of course, it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, that's why we've had to become so extremely pro-choice now and outspoken about it because, yeah, people are very real, real in their campaign against it and they don't want to see the other side. It's so polarized now. Um, so, I mean, now though, in TV shows, which spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Shrill yet, plug your ears, do not listen. Um, Shrill is a new show on Hulu that I just watched this weekend. It's amazing. It's great. It stars A.D. Bryant and it's based off of the novel or the memoir by Lindy West, um, who is an awesome author and used to write for Jezebel. Um, but Shrill, this new show, actually opens with the main character getting pregnant and choosing to have an abortion off the top. And it's not even talked about again. So that's where we're a bit more progressive. Whereas, you know, in Seinfeld and other like-minded shows like that might mention abortion and be pro-choice, it was very rare to have an actual abortion happen on screen. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And also in Shrill... Another spoiler alert, don't listen if you don't like things to be spoiled. Um, She goes to the pharmacist to get the morning after pill because the joke is this loser that she's been sleeping with likes his favorite favorite move is raw dog. Even though, I mean, it's just, you got to watch it. It's it's funnier than it sounds. But she, for whatever reason, just keeps going to get the morning after pill instead of taking birth control regularly. And she goes to the pharmacist, gets a a pregnancy test, takes the test in the bathroom, and it's positive. So then she goes to the pharmacist and is pissed. And the pharmacist asks her, because the show is also about body weight and image and being fat um, and existing in the world as a fat person. And um, the pharmacist says to A.D. Bryant's character do you weigh over 175 pounds? And she says, yes. And the pharmacist says, well, the drug doesn't work for women who are over 175 pounds. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that. I probably knew that once upon a time, but it was a reminder for me about that, which Mm -hmm. is so crazy and fucked up how 
medicine works for women, uh, thin women, and also fat women. Um, but that was like, I mean, I just don't even understand the point of that, but they don't want to spend the time to study know. fat bodies or women's bodies in general. So it's a good PSA. But yeah, so that, I mean, like now TV money is left on the table. What? That. It just seems like there's money left on the table for like pharmaceutical companies. Seems yeah, like but people don't want to take, I mean, they rare, they even like, they hardly ever even study women's bodies, you know? So if if certain doctors and researchers still believe in BMI and all that kind of stuff, like they're not going to take the time to study fat women's bodies or, you know, whatever Mm. the ideal women's healthy, quote unquote, healthy body type should be. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. So I should probably (laughs) stop. That's a tangent away from Seinfeld. But the point is, yes, it was a, uh, talking openly about abortion and being so pro-choice is definitely appreciated even now. Um, and certainly, uh, quite remarkable for back then too. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's a great episode. Yeah. The mover. That's the poppy, poppy peas on the sofa one too. Oh gosh. Yeah. Cause poppy is, <laughs> I think about uh, that a lot. poppy's pro. Uh, yeah. Poppy's mother got killed in a, <laughs> by like a Russian camp or something when he was a youth. So then he he's, so he's uh, pro life. He's pro life. They start a big fight in the restaurant. Oh yes, yeah. And then uh, everybody's like leaving or staying. Like I'm with you, Poppy. Or like <laughs> I heard what he said. Let's get out of here, Harold. <laughs> and then Jerry's just like, well, I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is pretty pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I guess really the point of today's episode is just to have a fun chat about a show that we both like and point out all the child-free references into it. So yeah, I, no, I didn't really think about, I mean, yeah, well, hey, God only knows, but I didn't really <laughs> think about any of those until I've been like rewatching it again a lot recently and they've all been like occurring to me like, oh yeah, Elaine very much does. I mean, I know I've noticed them in the past, but this is uh, the first time I've really like thought about them. As much, like Uh, how all the characters perceive children. Well, I think that's kind of like a cool thing to do too, to kind of put in your mind um, whenever you watch any show, what kind of stands out based off of your political leanings or your personal lifestyle choices. Because I think once you like put it in your brain to start noticing, you take it in a little bit differently and it adds more meaning or value into your life or it makes it funnier or more rage inducing you know it's mm. uh it's good to have a lens on when you watch shows sometimes i think yeah. especially shows that you watch over and over again because you get yeah. more out of them or you, you experience them in a different way or yeah like or you know if you're rewatching something for the thousandth time like focus on a specific character more or like you know there's always like little things that you miss even if you've seen something a bunch that's true well, Lane, thank you so much. This is what I've been doing instead of reading books. <laughs> Watching Seinfeld for the 10 billionth time. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to tell the people about where you'll be or what you'll be doing? Um, I mean, if you live in Brooklyn, I have a comedy show, a stand-up show on Wednesdays uh, at a place called The Douglas over by the Barclay Center. It's 8.30. It's super fun. It's called The Fancy Show. The Fancy Show. We got one Check it out. Wednesday is going to be a great time. And every Wednesday. Every time I go, it's like so fun. It's always fun. It's always free. 8.30. Good um, food, too. Good drink prices. Yeah. Can't yeah, yeah. beat it. 
Um, and as always, please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review us on our various platforms. Uh, we are now on Spotify, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. You can find us on the Laughable app and also on our website, notthemamapod.com. Uh, if you have any thoughts to contribute or any corrections you want to send my way, it's uh, notthemamapod at gmail.com. I'm always happy to hear from you, and just apologies in advance. I'm bad with email, so it might take me a few days to respond, but I do. I always respond. Um, and, of course, follow us on Not The Mama Media on Instagram, and I hope you all enjoy your week. I got to cue up our uh, outro Electro. music. <laughs> Electro love. <laughs>